Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Storied Arcs podcast. I am your co-host, Mike. And I'm your co-host, Alex. And today we are covering the unwritten apocalypse. It's really nice not to have to say, it is two volumes, but we don't have to say two different names. It's one coherent story, uh, the apocalypse. Uh, I think it was just split literally practically. I mean, I think it's... The, the, the series is technically called Unwritten Apocalypse. In the end, um, because how they're, the books are numbered, because they're numbered 10 and 11, yes. uh, it, it, even if you look on the spines of the, the trades, uh, it just says the unwritten. It doesn't say the unwritten right. colon apocalypse, war stories, and unwritten colon apocalypse, apocalypse. That doesn't make any sense. So for all intents yeah. and purposes, it is it, just a It does say on the back cover, though. Yes. The unwritten war stories collecting. <laughs> Yes. Uh, one through five of the unwritten apocalypse. It's like uh, Vertigo just does not make it easy on readers. Yeah. And again, uh, I, I don't again, I, I don't know why they decided to do that. You know, um, you know, I did go back and look at the issues uh, at the end of what we'll call volume one, like 50, 52, 53, 54, something like that. And because um, I want to see the, they don't have a lot of back material. There's not like a letters page or anything like that. But there, you know, there's always some sort of. um used to like a preview for another vertigo title or what's kind of what's what's related what's coming next and there's nothing in those issues saying that um you know the that it's going to be coming back for another chapter another volume now at the end of uh issue 53 in the single issue which is the second to last issue of volume one there is kind of a preview page for tommy taylor and the ship that sank twice because that right was just coming out or had just come out kind of simultaneously with that issue. So if you didn't know about it, you could see it there and go pick it up. But there was no there was no hint in the issues that it was coming back for a, a, a coming back at all or or be coming back as a as a different um different series. But 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 I did go and check the the publication dates and the Unwritten 54 was released at the end of October 2013 and Unwritten Apocalypse number 1 came out January 2014 that's a 3 month difference that's a nice means, hiatus yeah what 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 that also means is if you are someone who uh follows comic solicitations um previews come out on a 3 month 3 months in advance and they typically come out towards the middle slash end of the month so by the time uh issue 54 comes out at the end of October the solicitations for January, because October, you know, January, December, uh, sorry, November, December, January, the, the solicitations for January of 2014 would have already been out and there would have been something in there for Apocalypse, for under an Apocalypse number one. So if you were kind of privy to that, if you were hip to that, or hopefully if your your comic shop was aware and say, hey, these people are are pulling the unwritten. And oh, by the way, I'm seeing in previews now in January, there's going to be a new unwritten series that you presume is going to be the follow up, the the conclusion. You know, hopefully they would they'd let you know when you could subscribe to that. So again, I don't know why they took a break. I, I understand why they take a break. It makes sense they want to take a break. Three months is pretty good. Uh, hell, it could have been six months, whatever it is. As to why it comes back under, you know, a different name and a new number one. Um, especially because it, it isn't like it comes back for a new number one in a volume two and it launches you into a whole new story. That's a different thing. If it had done that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, if it was in the same world, but a different. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that's yeah. when but, you justify the new number one. Yeah. This one. It's, it's a new one. Going. It, this it is would essentially, be completely incomprehensible. Yeah. It, this is just basically it's a miniseries that finishes up the first series, you know, and, and the re and as to why they do that, I don't know. But again, the fact that 
when it came to being collected in trade that they just continued the numbering. I, I think they're at that point, whether they realized it was a mistake or whatnot or whatever it was, they, they did understand that when it comes to trade reading, uh, which is obviously how, how you and I are consuming it here on the show, to uh, to eliminate all potential confusion and just number them 10 and 11. So it isn't like there are two number ones. You got to figure out and look in the back cover and, and you know, see what's what. So whatever the reasoning was, because I'm sure there was some reasoning, whether it was a good one or a bad one, I don't know. I'm sure there was some rationale as to why they did it. Um, but it, it, in the end, it, it, apocalypse number one is is really just issue 55. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, and you can tell that that's the case because it didn't have yeah. the signature Vertigo $1 number one issue. Uh, uh, it it, it, it does have, it does have number one though. I don't think it was a dollar though. Yeah, right. Um, no, but like so many Vertigo number ones were one dollar, uh, which I thought was a great shtick. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice gimmick. Um, yeah, yeah. So so uh, anyway, I mean, let's get into it. Yeah. So well, real quick, let's before we get into that. We'll, we'll, oh yeah, right, right. Should mention quick as we do on the top. We'll run through some of the other artists they they mentioned. Obviously, everyone who's been on the books, Mike Carey, Peter Gross. Uh, uh, Chris Chuckery and uh, Yuka Shizima um, on the covers. You know, in volume 10, War Stories, um, Al Davison is credited as an artist. He's also credited with finishes uh, along with Ryan Kelly. Uh, Lee Lawfridge is brought in on colors. And in the final volume 11, which is just called Apocalypse, uh, again, Al Davison, uh, Dean Ormston, and Vince Locke on finishes. Those are all names that have appeared. In, in previous volumes on previous issues so you know they're they're dipping back into that same well it, it seems like they have a uh, six or seven or maybe even eight different artists for for finishers colors it, it, anything like that that they can kind of you know dip into and 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 kind of collaborate with you know going back to going back to really like volume two and three and especially in those half issues uh, and all of that. So they had this like stable of collaborators that, that Carrie and Gross seem to be comfortable working with and, and are comfortable in this, in this world and the story they're telling. So, you know, it, it's cool to see those same names repeat over and over again. Uh, and, and it's, it, it's, it's no different here with uh, the final two volumes. Yeah. I mean, and I think the, the cool thing to me is I, I love pointing that out and I love giving shout outs to all of the artists involved. And uh, you know, I've reached out to a couple of them as we've been doing the series uh, so I, I appreciate the distinctions, but I also love the continuity. Yeah. I mean, well, I, and I think and I've I, talked yeah. about that before, like every once in a while, when you read like a big ongoing title, like, um, you know, Batman or something. Yeah. And like, you know, Dick Grayson shows up once every 20 issues or so. And the artist different. And you're like, wait, who's, who's that young man? Yeah. And, uh, and then even if he calls him Robin or something like that, it's like, okay, well that narrows it down to about like, five characters. Uh, so five white characters. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, it is, it is, it is nice too. And I, and I, I like, I like the different styles you, you understand, because again, we're, when we're talking about a story about stories that anytime they go, you know, whether it's into a different book, into a different story or into a different time, like we see in, in, in these volumes, we go in the past for what amounts to a flashback, you know, those slight changes in the art, um, they a, don't feel out of place, um, partially because we've seen the art before. You know that they're not—they're not trying to mimic uh, exactly what what Peter Gross has started, but the character design and, and just kind of the mood and the feel. And I think a big thing of having um, Chris Chuckery do the colors for the vast majority of it, and sometimes yeah. when when Lee Lawfridge is there, but but 
So the palette is the same. So even if the the line style is a little different, maybe you know different artists do faces a little differently. Maybe things are shaded a little differently because of how they're inked. Those little things are enough to catch your eye that you understand you're in a it's a different artist, which maybe is to signify you that you're in a different time, a different story, blah, 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 whatever it may be. But because I think the colors are consistent, the the palette is the same because they're going back to the same people. Uh, it all feels of a piece. And so you register those differences the way you're supposed to, which are not to take you out of the story, but to really draw you in further because you, you you understand and recognize that this is slightly different. So I'm going to pay attention because this this is a, a visual signifier without having a text box that says, you know, you know, 1955 or something like that, you know, or, or, or having to be told you're in a, you're in a story or reminded that you're in a different story, like Jud Suisse or Moby Dick or whatever it is, you know, you yeah. can see and you understand. And that registers in your mind as you're reading, Oh, we're not in the main timeline. Now we're in a different story. We're in a different time, a different place. Um, but again, it doesn't feel out of place. You're not like, Whoa, what is this? You're not spending time. Like you say, when you, sometimes you have guest artists, you're not spending time being like, wait a minute, who is this character supposed to be? Right. You're clearly not like, I'm which one's yeah, Richie? Yeah. Because yeah, clearly like I'm, sp I'm supposed to know. The redheaded vampire. Because, yeah, exactly. I'm supposed to know who this is because they haven't referred to him. I'm just supposed to pick it up because they've been reading this for 30, 40, 50 issues. You, you don't have to do that. It's all there for you because um, it all, again, it all feels like a piece. So it is really great to see. And, and you know, that comes with the familiarity of it. said working with the same people over and over again, not just the, 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 the credited creators of the book, but anyone they bring in as collaborators, uh, on multiple issues, you know, by the time they get to here, they've got enough reps under them that they know the world. I, I mean, they know the world and these characters as well as as well as as Carrie and Gross did. And and you know that leads to some. You can do some really cool stuff with that. Yeah, I mean, and I will say that I think the way Peter leads the series is one where we have our expectations set to have different art variations within each issue. Anyway, yeah, yes, yes. and. Nothing exemplifies that better than the first issue in Unwritten Apocalypse, where mm -hmm. Tommy is falling through these stories. I, you yeah. know, you have the ants. That's a sketch. And it's like, OK, that's what Peter's sketching looks like. Mm -hmm. Then you flip over to the duck page. Mm -hmm. Also a sketch. Totally different art. Well, it, 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 the, 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 the ducks there, it's it, it is still sketch. But, you, you know, it's, when, when you have the first one, when they're the uh, the insects, you still see like the blue line, you know, which right. which, which, which clearly it, I'm assuming it's intentional blue line. You know, oh, very, it's, yeah, it's, very, it's, very but much. So. It's meant to be there. And then, yeah, you have the ducks, which is a little more, you know, uh, realistic, I guess. And then you get to the. And uh, then you get to Alice in Wonderland, which looks well, like yeah, the yeah. printing press illustrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you skip, you also, you skip Rikitikitavi there. But yeah, every time through, there's kind of a progression there. And I, I do love that opening, the, the beginning, because um, it, it, it's a different way, because we obviously. We, Throughout the series, we've seen Tom fall into stories, but he's only he's always fallen into stories as himself, you know. So I think it was interesting to start off here because again, he has um he is falling through stories. The, the story world is dying, you know. As we left him at the end of Unwritten Fables, when he blows the the golden trumpet, the magic horn, whatever it is, and that ends the world so much, he's falling through stories again. But when we, when we pick him up in and in, in issue one there, he's falling into character. Similar like what we see happen to Polly. When Polly falls into Mr. Bun and he's still aware that he's not a rabbit, he is still Polly Bruckner, you know? Right. So but he's falling into these various characters where it's like the a a beetle or something like that as to one of the ducks to to one of the one of the the baby snakes there 
to all those different things. Tom is falling into those stories as opposed to he himself falling into the story, which I think is a different and it's a cool, it kind of, it, it kind of off foot you right, 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 you know, right from the bat because it's a different way that Tommy's experienced different stories. You know, it, it's new to the reader and it's new to him. Yeah. I, although, I mean, that being said, Tom very much just rolls with it at this point. You that know, is, he's, yeah, 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 he, yeah, he's like, if this happened to him in the first four volumes, he would have been yeah. like, what? Uh, and now he's just like, yeah, yeah, I've been around, you know, fables and whatever else, just well, constantly it, it, falling, it, yeah. drifting. Um, and it's I thought like, it's like the most literary, most brilliant literary reference yet to have the Mad Hatter here. Oh, yeah. Oh, who's yeah. like yeah. already fourth Wally about yeah. the his world. And mm -hmm. then you're putting an actual fourth wall situation and a character from another thing in there. Mm -hmm. Just brilliant. No, that, that, that opening is very, very cool. Um, but you are right, though. Again, if you saw this as a number one and you started with there, I mean, you'd have no idea what's going on. But yeah, if, if you were reading and, and you you you, it, you you pick this up after a three month gap, um, I, I think it's a it's a brilliant way to come back in. Um, I think because it's the only time they do it. You know, the one you know they don't do that in any other any other point in in the series pre uh, 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 prior to this, and they don't use that again anywhere else. It, it's just the opening to. To really, I think, suck you back into the story, suck you back into the world, and I, th I think it's really, really effective. Yeah, I mean, I think if I had never read this book before, and I picked up the number one, you know, unwritten apocalypse, I would have flipped through it and been like, I have no idea what's happening, but I still feel like I got my money's worth. Just, yeah. well, I mean, it, on the art alone, and I think it's possible you could you could pick that up. You'd have that feeling absolutely, and think like. What is this? I should maybe check this out. Right. You know, like why oh, is yeah. the number one? If this doesn't maybe, pique your curiosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's true. If, if you read that and and have, if you know nothing about the unwritten or this universe and you read that and you are completely lost, which you should be, you should you should read that issue and have no idea what's going on. But if you if your next reaction is, huh, that seems interesting, then I think that's enough for you to hook you in to go back and read everything. You know, but if you if you if you handed that blind to someone and they were like, "What what is this? I, I I'm 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 out." Then I think that's a pretty good litmus test of like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't read the rest of the the rest of the. You shouldn't go back and read the rest and catch up. But yeah, there, I think there's enough there that if that kind of thing piques your interest, totally blind, knowing nothing else about the story, about the world, about the universe, if if that issue one of a, of apocalypse makes you think, ah, oh, maybe that this is interesting, then I think you're you're pretty much already sold on the rest of the story. You're going to go back to the beginning and 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 start filling in some gaps and I think you're you're already going to be primed to be to be ready to go and and dive in. Yeah, if I ever meet uh Charlie Kaufman, I'll give him just issue 1 of, of <laughs> Unwritten Apocalypse. Just say go nuts, buddy. Yeah, 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 um, have fun. Uh so anyway, uh that being said, there's not a lot to say about it. It's it's really well done. It's super fun. Lots of great literary references. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think we can call out all of the literary references in in Apocalypse because that's that yeah. would be the whole podcast. They 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 really they pulled out double yeah, or triple down on it here. It's it's like maybe they 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 saw they're at the end and they maybe maybe they had a list of stuff of like here's stuff we want to talk about get to. And it's like, well, this is the end, and they kind of like empty the hopper, 
You know, oh, they, yeah. they, they, right. yeah, they, they right. really, in, instead of doling them out slowly, they really throw it out. Because especially, you know, look at, at you know, the, I, I really do think when, when we're talking about these two, uh, these two volumes at the end, the way Apocalypse is written, I really think War Stories is very much the plot heavy. Um, truly the kind of the, 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 the plot, the, the, the narrative heavy uh, uh, half of the, uh, uh, of this, this kind of concluding arc. And I think you get more of the bigger ideas in Apocalypse because, you know, in Apocalypse, you get some of the flashbacks and you start seeing some of the machinations and you see how it kind of all, all kind of weaves together. Um, because, you know, the, the basis of war stories is that, you know, the, the narrative thrust there is we see that Pullman still the bad guy. Uh, I, I'll have some thoughts on that later there, but he's trying to destroy, he's trying to hasten the, the, the death of Leviathan by creating intentionally creating cankers. You know, the idea that we right. saw way back in Jid Suisse, where that was a single story that had gone bad. He's trying to cram all the stories into one, in this case, all the war stories, specifically any war story that takes place or revolves around London. You know, so again, when you talk about literary references, they're bringing in every story that's ever existed, basically, uh, about um, an invasion of, of London or the area of London, or maybe just England in general. I, I don't know exactly, but yeah. Any sort of story, whether it's historical, science fiction, fantasy, anything like that, anything that could be classified as a war story is all converging all at once, and and that's intentionally creating, you know, this this, this cancerous being, this this canker, as they call it. Um, so yeah, if you if you are a student of 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 that kind of literature and and have read them, you're going to see all sorts of things in the background, things that are never even commented on. You know, you'll just see a Maybe like a a group of characters, like some troops or whatnot, you know, in in in, in a in a wide shot of a of a, an advancing army or something. If you're eagle eyed and and you're aware of them, there are there are a ton of Easter eggs in 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 this volume. Yeah, well, Easter eggs is exactly the right word for it because yeah. it's like, man, if only this had the dedicated fan base that are like spending hours dissecting like Marvel trailers online, yeah. like not even the movies there picking apart that it's like what a waste of effort uh when you you have something like this just sitting in front of you like you've got a a steak dinner here and you're like pigeons picking at fries on the ground an annotated version of this book i think specifically really of war stories would be really really fun where you know you you have like the silhouettes and you you have like you know your your footnotes of you know one who are these characters from what story are they from two and all that stuff uh, an annotated version of this would be a lot of fun to to see how much they crammed in see what they pulled from and and maybe as to why maybe maybe these are some of their favorite stories or maybe that's the ones that they they enjoy drawing or that sort of thing but yeah there, there's there's a lot there there's so much there to uh to pick apart again that's completely irrespective of the words on the page. If you're just looking at the art and you're just focusing on what's there visually, there's a said that there's there's a feast. Yeah, I think that makes it one of the most rereadable series. Yeah, uh, that we've mm-hmm. done. I mean, mm-hmm. when you when you look back at going all the way back to the beginning of our podcast, Paper Girls is rereadable because it's fun, it's funny, and you get warm fuzzy feelings at the end of it. Yeah, uh, that that's a different type of rereadable than this. This is a rereadable that's going to hit you a little different. Uh, I, I suspect each time you come back, as well as offer you something different. That, yeah, no, I, you know, I you, think so. You won't be intimidated by the mechanics anymore. Yes, you know the mechanics yes, yes, are familiar, yes. and you can then 
start to enjoy the references because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I th- I think I was missing literary references all through the first two episodes of this podcast. Well, um, yeah, because because you were you were kind of tunnel vision, hyper focus on on the story, on what's happening. Who is this Tommy character? You know, and and, right. and the story, and the characters, and, the and, mechanics. And that's that's world. a natural thing, yeah. Because you you the book hasn't told you um, how to read it yet, you know, because you don't know what's important. So your base assumption is that everything's important, you know. And so yeah, you're 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 so hyper focused on that. And so yeah, on a reread, and that's nothing against nothing against Mike Carey's writing or anything like that. I, I think on a reread, when that stuff is is less important to you. Uh, and you can be like, okay, this is this part where they're talking about this, this is a blah, blah. I can just look at these panels here and I can really focus on these background characters. What are they doing in the backgrounds? What, you know, what right. are they added in the city? You know, when they go into the stories, you know, what are they pulling from the, what are they pulling from the, 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 the story, the novel they're in, that they're showing on the page that never gets referenced, but it's all, it, it's in maybe one or two panels, you know, and it's there just because. So someone, maybe on their fifth reread can be like, Oh, look, it's that thing, you know? And, and just to have that moment, uh, uh, knowing that, 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 that moment will come eventually again, maybe, um, not on the first read or the second or third read or something like that, but knowing that eventually you go back enough, you're going to find these things every single time you go back to it. Um, it makes it really, really, really fun. And also I, I, I agree. It's, it's rereadable for that way in that it, you don't have to, you don't have to reread it when you're rereading it. You know, right, right, yeah. You, I mean, you can re reabsorb it, or yeah, you know, uh, you can let the art tell the story mm-hmm. the second time through rather than the the words. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, and this is, if anyone doubted whether you know, uh, it, there's there's no reason in my mind you would think that unwritten apocalypse is a money grab to come back and you know make more money rather than have a story to tell. Yeah, I think he dispels that in the second issue in the prelude because you they have this brilliant line here because you get uh, is his name Danny, Mr. Armitage? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Dan- Daniel, Danny, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, um, you get Daniel Armitage uh, a year ago uh, with his little vision with the, the wolf mm-hmm. and you know, she says, I've got this special role for you. And he's like, I'm a nobody. And she's like, that's exactly why you can do it. Like everyone's forgotten about you. And I was like, holy crap, I forgot about him. And yeah, this, yeah. this did just happen. Yeah. Well, like, it, it, we, we, we last saw him ago. Oh, we saw him at the end of issue and uh, the volume eight, you know, and then, and, you know, and then, right, then you, you know, do talk- the whole fable thing. Exactly. And then you have the original graphic novel. Um, well, so, yeah, we did. Well, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it, if if you're reading this as a single issue as well, you would have read through um, Unwritten Fables, and then you would have read uh, uh, Tommy Taylor and the Shank twice, and then you'd have a couple months off, and then you have the first issue, and then you come back and be like, oh, right, that Daniel guy is still out in the Australian Outback, you know, because he said right. when we when we left him, he said he was going to wait there, and and Richie said to him, was like, listen, uh, the last time this happened, he was gone for three months, you know? And and obviously it's it's like a year here, but still. And we did like, know that. He, yeah. Well, now and to be fair, this duelist prelude jumps back a year. Yeah, yeah. So it this says is one year ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's so presumably it's us it's right back to that moment. Similarly, after yeah, but it's the idea of like they just left him out there in the outback because he he was he felt that, that was what he had to do, and Richie was kind of like, all right, dude, whatever, we'll see ya. And then yeah, he's 
at that point he's out of the narrative. You know, he's just not there. But then, yeah, they seed that in here, and you see that, and that there's the the fox, the mysterious woman who keeps testing him and all that stuff and doing all this stuff. You know, and and but and- where we really like the last thing we left him with was that fox or wolf or whatever it was mm-hmm. telling him in the original series you're going to kill Tommy yes. mm-hmm. leading him through this doorway. And we have no clue what that meant. Yes. But it was a big story, Pete, to just yeah. leave hanging out there and say, oh, yeah, the series is over now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like well, the series can't be over when you leave that. You know, he's going to kill a protagonist yeah. who he's camping out in the in the uh, in the bush uh, to out of loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah, find yeah. out he's going to kill him and then you never circle back on that but mm-hmm. well, they, they, this they, is there are, this there are this, so many loose ends there are so many loose ends at the end right even though at the end of eight and the end of nine it ends with you know the story world dying and tommy falling through stories you know and again there's a way i think we talked about that there's a way you probably could have massaged the end of eight you could have you, you could have massaged you could have maybe changed a couple of things here and there um you know changed some character motivations and some of the plot points to where Excuse me. the uh, The story ends with with the Orpheus tale. You know, it ends with everybody walking out of out of the underworld, and Tommy being sent back. And you could have wrapped it right there with the kind of this this, and that's the end of the story. You know, question mark: Is there more? Maybe there is. Up to you. You could have made that the ending. You know, and then there's this fable story, which is feels a little extraneous. There's there's like one reference to it in uh in war stories. We see a little flashback to with. Him and, and Frau Totenkinder right before he blows the horn. It's a little extraneous because Tommy ends in the same spot. But then you're right. At, at, right as you get into this, you, it's very clear. Oh, no, no. This is the actual end of the story. Yeah, this right. wasn't this wasn't tagged on. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, I think it's a cash grab. It wasn't that to like, oh, let's try to put more out of this. Let's try to extend it for another year. This is clearly what the end was supposed to be. You know, because you know they 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 tie up all these loose ends that they had been put in. Uh, the characters, you know, the things with obviously the, the big one really. Daniel is one. The other one is Madame Roush. You know, as right. you said big throughout, one. it was like she's hanging around the periphery. She says explicitly, "I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not on your side. I'm not on your side. I'm on my side." But we never find out what that side is. And and the last time we saw her, she had helped the little kid with the zombie stories take that like baby leviathan you know saves his life saves his town but now she has this new power again and we don't see her again you know so clearly we got to come back to that right as a as a reader you're thinking like that it'd be very sloppy not to come back yeah yeah it's basically my thought is like uh i mean he kind of writes in an ethereal way yeah and it wouldn't shock me if he had left something like that open when the series ended Mm mm-hmm uh, but it's not very satisfying as a reader if you yeah. lay all that pipe and then it leads yeah. nowhere. Well, I, I guess you, you you either have to close all the loops, which is what they do here, or basically close none of them, leave it all open ended. And right. if it's all open ended, then then your message is, you know, stories go on, they continue, they find a way, and 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 everyone is left in an uncertain spot because Leviathan is dying, Tommy's only stores, whatever it is. You you could have done that where nothing is resolved. But once you start resolving some things, you then have to go and you really have to right. go. You're and setting, you're setting yeah. expectations. Exactly. That being said, I think, and I wrote this I, probably on my like Goodreads review or whatever. 
uh, might have just been in my notes, but the way the series finally ends at the end of uh, Apocalypse, you get it's not uh, you get all these good resolutions without doing anything that feels like fan servicey. And then, you know, your big one that's still a question mark is Tommy or Tom. Mm -hmm. And you see Wilson, you know, go down his stairs at the end. And you can, it's just my favorite kind of ending where you can see the story, like the loose ends close just yeah. beyond the last page. Yes. It's, it's like, yeah. uh, it's just, you know, if you can imagine 12 more pages or 12 more issues, Wilson's little quest to the underworld or whatever to retrieve Tommy. Um, if he's I, even there. If he's even yeah. there now, yeah. if we were to believe what we were told earlier that nothing gets deleted, yes, yeah. Um, now that being said, that was all within the function of the Leviathan. Mm-hmm. The Leviathan didn't make waste of anything. Yeah, without the Leviathan, who knows? Uh, but Leviathan is back and healthy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and I guess that says a lot about me that I was like, oh yeah, he'll you know, he'll get him. He'll he'll find him. He'll get him. Maybe it costs Wilson his life and he trades for Tom. Then Tom comes back up, uh, finds Lizzie. Everybody's happily ever after. But I think, I think, I think the way I look at that is, is there is a sense of the story goes on. It can't continue, but that continuation isn't critical to the story that they just finished. No, no, I don't come back and tell it. I actually prefer it in my head. Because yeah, yeah, now yeah. you, like, as a fan, and, but and if they did tell cannon. it, and if they did tell it, that's fine, because that could be a completely new story. That would be a new volume of now we're telling a follow up new story that doesn't affect what happened before. You know, because th- right, it, it and is there's now, no more Pullman. There's no yeah. more unwritten Cabal. Yeah, 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 yeah. This it could be just, a whole. It could yeah. be a different story of the new world that's created. So yeah, there are no loose ends in terms of the story they were telling. For the past 60 some odd issues, 60 plus issues, it is, but it says the world continues. And I, I agree. I like those kind of stories. And and I I love the end, the actual end of this book. Um, I, I have when I first read it, I didn't quite like how they got there, especially kind of through some of the uh uh through parts of war stories uh in the, the first half there. Like I I oh I uh, I, let me say I was underwhelmed by like volume 10. Like yeah. I liked it, but yeah. it kind of felt like, oh, we're just doing like the, you know, we're going to come back and touch on everything. Yes. We're not yes, really yes, going to, yes. we're not going to do anything bold or tread new mm-hmm. ground. That's exactly what um, I thought the first time I read it. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they make up for it. So like the big thing for me I mentioned was when, when Pullman shows up, his face shows up in the, the fire and the sticks and all that. Yeah. I, I remember when I first read that, it being like, oh God, really bringing Pullman back. Like I thought it was perfect. It was fine. He was he was basically Satan now. He ran his little portion of hell. You know, that's right. where he was. That's what his thing. We were done with him. He had no power over Tom now. And so to bring him back at the time was like, oh God, really? I had it's- the same reaction. But then when you hear his dialogue, I probably in eleven, where he's like, 
yeah, like, I can't believe I'm back either. This is the curse. I just want to die. Yes. Yeah, all yeah. I've ever wanted is to die. Yeah. And this stupid Leviathan will not let me, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I, I would love that he's as annoyed by him being in story still as we are. Yeah. And I think, I do think it makes up for it in 11 because when I first read it, I remember, uh, and this comes back to me every time I read it, because every time it comes back, it's like, oh, right. I, I always forget Pullman comes back right here. Because I think what I would have wanted would have been like the, the reveal that happens with Roush, that she has literally been pulling strings for with between Pullman and Wilson and all this stuff. Because we, 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 when they go back to the um, the the Inklings uh, issue, which I think you said was issue nine, right? That's in yeah. in volume eleven, which is just a phenomenal issue. Easily, I think the best issue of of this 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 back part of the story, and we see that that backstory and that everything they did basically was influenced by Roush. And Roush's whole thing is, I want to destroy the world so I can repopulate it with my people, you know, with right. my creations. And so I'm going to set you two against each other, and I don't really care who wins because. Um, either You're way, both I'm going to destroy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to get what I want either way. That is what I wanted. The, the some reveal of no, she's a behind the scene the whole time, and we do get that. But what I didn't, what I, what I didn't think I wanted was like to bring Poland back and have him be an antagonist again. He gets defeated again, blah blah blah. But then it does make sense that in the end, that Tom needs both of them there. To be eliminated, right. to actually be eliminated, not just trapped somewhere, to actually be taken out of the story by Leviathan, and that does make sense, and it it, it made narrative sense uh, once we got there. But when I first read it, I remember being annoyed by it because I, I didn't think he needed to come back. But I do think they wrapped it up well, even though I didn't like that decision that they made as storytellers. I didn't like that. I think it wrapped up nicely. It made sense for the story in the end why he was back. So it, it, it's it's a yeah. Cast 22 for me there. But again, had, in the had end, we gotten I, I, that revelation from yeah. issue nine mm -hmm. in the main series or right out of the gate, yeah. you know, if that was the prelude to Apocalypse, I think that would have said, like, oh, yeah, of course we're going to see Pullman again. We have to. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I feel very confident that Carrie had that in his back pocket. In the yeah. original series, yeah. Well, I, I think he had to because he seeded all the things with Roush. Because because after you read that that issue and you see Roush's that, that flashback with you know um, you know right after the the Inklings meeting there, wh whatever year that was, um, what are we in the late fifties, early sixties there for for the Inklings meetings? Uh, what would that be? I would have guessed forties. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, oh, that would have yeah, been yeah, Lewis and yeah, Tolkien. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you see that, if you then go back to all of the uh, Rouse scenes, um, pretty much all her little because most of her most of her appearances are like three to six pages at a time, pretty much. You know, yeah. if you go back and see all those things, all the steps she's done, it it all kind of makes sense. So her motivation had to have been seated all the way in the beginning. You know. When she says, yes, I do know Pullman. Yes, I do know your father. No, I don't work for the Cabal, but I do work for them when it suits me. And you see why there's an antagonistic relationship that she has with basically everybody. You know, we see her um, her relationship with Wilson. You know, we got that flashback when he pulled himself out of out of the trench in World War One and all that. So when, when you go back and kind of look at the totality of her appearances and, and her effect and influence of the story, it... it, it 
the only clues you can come to is well they, they're building something with her, and and so yeah you you, you when you get that reveal here it, 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 all those pieces fall together everything makes sense you you understand what her motivation is now you know you just you, you do it retroactively you know you can go right. back and say well oh, that that's and what this is for I think now in light of that you would have to say she is the villain of the series yes yes yeah because again um, she's the you know. Because she's, she's the, the, the one who, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, sometimes Wilson seems like a villain, but he's actually just running a playbook that was, yeah, written for him by his puppet master. Yeah, yeah. Or, or it's like, oh, Pullman seems path. really evil. Yeah, like she, she, but, she set them on their paths. They, <laughs> they do what they wish. Like, what was the one thing? Like, they couldn't go at each other for like sixty years, or whatever it was, basically until until Tom was there, and so so Wilson knew that, and so it, they basically. Do whatever they need to do to stay on their own tracks, knowing that at some point they're going to cross again. And that's so, but they had no choice to do that as to when they would meet because that was determined by Rouse. That was predetermined by her, you know? So they're right. just, they're, they're both solely focused on their own goals because she, she gave them that mindset, that tunnel vision. So yeah, they're, they, they only have so much control over what they can do um, because their drive, their motivation, everything about that is, is, has been given to them. You know, it's right. the things that it's the things they already want. You know, um, Pullman wants to, he wants to destroy everything so we can die. Wilson wants to uh, uh, create a force to harness his power to destroy the unwritten cabal. So these are the things they already want, but they are cross purposes at each other. And what Roush does is basically give them the ability to follow their path to their natural terminus and then wait to see who wins. That's that's what she, just what she wants, you know. She she allows both of these paths to to um you know reach their fruition, reach their end point, and then just see who wins at the end. Because she doesn't really care because she's gonna win either way. You know? Right. Yeah, she yeah. gets her way no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so uh back in volume ten, I, I think war stories is the absolute weak point of this um you know, these two volumes. Yes, I it's, think so. It's three issues of them just kind of going through like city blocks advancing, yeah. trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. It feels like the expansion content on a video game yeah. where like after <laughs> after you've beaten Skyrim and you're like, well, I've got all the I've got 200 hours invested in this character and the story, whatever. They're like, oh, well, here, become a vampire hunter for, a, you know, for 20 hours. Here's a story for 10 bucks. You can play that. You can still be your character. You can live in that world. And as you're walking around, you're like, it's not the same. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's aimless or whatever. Yeah, um, the, the, I think the only of, thing of note that happens there is Tom giving his blood to Roush's. Well, I was going to uh, say, yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom going and having <laughs> his meeting with Roush, um, where, where, where she gives that really great line, um, you know, because I, I, I think it happens in a dream. Or what Tom thinks is a dream, right? You know, and and, and uh, I, I, Roush kind of chastises him with this this great line that I love, which says, "You know, do you still cling to um, such binary opposites? You know, do you believe everything must be wholly real or wholly imagined? You know, basically saying like after everything you've seen, after everything you've been through, do you, you know, why do you still think it matters whether this is quote unquote real or quote unquote not? You know, it's it's that." It's that Dumbledore quote at King's Cross of, 
you right, know, of course, it's all happening in your head. Your head, but why, why does it mean shouldn't it be real? Yeah, real, exactly. But it, it, it's that's the important thing of that. Yeah, that them moving through London and dealing with all the war stories again. That's the fun Easter egg stuff. All the different stories, the different types of stories. I'm sure there are both very general and very specific stories they pulled from. That, that none of that's like really important. You know, it's the story wise, it's the idea of the canker and the idea of oh, this is Pullman's big plan, which obviously they're going to thwart. You know, right. um, you know, and you you get some time there with with Tom and and Wilson there, and and them trying to figure out what this overall plan is. Um, and yeah, the, the, but in terms of what's really happening there, again, you know, excuse me, all, all of that stuff there is really just, you know, it, it it's more just it's more set up. You know, it, it is more set up to get Tom on a course with Roush, and that kind of getting getting that realization i guess that understanding after after their their encounter um which sets them on the path to where we see the actual end game is uh in uh in 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 in, in volume 11 yeah um yeah so i'm trying to think if there's anything else in volume 10 not that we're We've, we've already jumped to the absolute end of the series. We, we have, yeah. But, but again, I, I think again, um, ten, I think is 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 far more plot heavy, more narrative narrative. Because again, it's about it's about Tom coming back, seeing what we're dealing with here, and and him getting the information he needs uh, to to formulate a plan to 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 utilize what's at his disposal, which is you know his father's skill and ability, um, tapping into this power that he has. To, to to put forth the the, the actual end game it, it's a lot of that's a lot of moving pieces there to set things up story wise um you know seeing that play come seeing that end that plan come out to fruition is what apocalypse is about i think that's i think to me that was a more it's a more interesting uh more interesting story to tell yeah although you do get uh that great uh top half of a page uh when rabbit howls uh, oh yeah, really yeah. angry looking Polly yeah. Bruckner. Yeah, yeah, um, super highly detailed too. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I want a sticker of that. There's <laughs> just that rabbit that I can put on things. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that, everywhere that, that, I go. That's great. That's great. Um, and we get that it's really a whole Polly story there. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we see Polly turn from. The opportunistic hitman to someone who's like, oh, uh, you remember when things mattered? You know, I it'd be great if I could start doing things that matter again. And then he starts dreaming of going back to uh, the Willowbank Tales. Yeah, and yeah. then ill-advisedly will follow anyone who will take him. I promise yeah. to take him. Well, yeah, he, he he he's so lost there. We we, we get it. We, we get his whole backstory because we we find out that when they get back to the real world, he basically gets kicked out again. You know, he doesn't get to stay with them. Uh, but he yeah, he finds his way back, but he he misses that because he he now feels that that's like his, that's who he is. Maybe that's like the best version of himself. Because I guess you know he's has some level of self loathing. Didn't like didn't like who he was. Not that he was necessarily a good, good person when he was. His time as Mister Bun, but I guess it was no. But than, he was than... certainly treated as if he was because yes, yeah. it seemed like the characters in the story reset to him being Mister Bun each day rather than yes. him being angry Polly Bruckner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, it's, a, it's a bit of a flashback there, which is you know again that that follows some of the 
the the storytelling arcs that we saw throughout the whole series, you know, where end of an arc or end of every two issue arc would get the random again, whether it's the 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 Rudyard Kipling diary, the first Willowbank tale story, you know, or then right. again, the 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 second Polly Bruckner story where he's walking up the staircase. So we get those kind of one offs that fill in some of these gaps for some of these side characters. Just the difference is now that Polly is part of the story now. You know, he before when, when we went to him, we didn't know what his relation to everyone else was. Now we know, and now we're just filling in these gaps. And and they do that great thing, that great bit where um, you know, when Tommy comes in to his room and he you know, he has the dresser against the door and he just cracks it open and they have a conversation there. And the first time we see it, it's Tom talking to Polly. You know, right. or and then when we see it in this issue, we see that the imaginary owl, which we soon learn is Pullman, is also in the room. And we see it from Polly's perspective, where he hears Tommy talking, he hears the owl talking, and then he gives his response. You know? Right. So so we we, we, we see those from two different angles. And you know, that's always a that's always a fun storytelling technique. It's uh, uh, uh you know, a, a, a machination there. Again, to see Polly's what his mindset is, what he's been through, why he's kind of so depressed and just sitting locked himself in his room looking at a mirror you know we see that shot of him looking at the mirror he's holding his hand in the mirror and in the reflection it's a it's a paw you know as if like that's his true self now and he wants to get back to that and so yeah in the end he gets tricked and uh uh you know goes back down into the he's starting down the staircase back in the story world and we end the, the we end the volume with him back as mr bun and we see that the alligator, we see it's been Pullman the whole time. You know, he's he's right. trying to infiltrate Wilson's group. And I kind of wonder if him looking in the mirror and seeing the paw is what we learned in the fable story, which is that there is a version of each person in each world. I could and, be, yeah. you know, perhaps that really is the character he's supposed to be. And that's the best version of him. I could be, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. he realizes that Polly Bruckner, shout out to everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Uh, you realize how liberating it is to realize you are the worst version of yourself. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which was such a great revelation in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because uh, I forget the lead character thing, but he when he when he realizes like, oh, everywhere else I had some skill or ability or su- yeah. some type of success. I am the worst version of me in all of the multiverse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's incredibly liberating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yes. I mean, clearly, clearly Pauly realizes that whether he's, whether his version of himself in this, in the quote unquote real world is the worst version. He does realize that him as Mr. Bun is a better version. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's what he wants to get back to. And so that's what leads him through all his temptation to, to, to double cross everyone and, and to get back listening to again what it, what is like an imaginary owl again which is just pullman you know manipulating things and 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 trying to gain an edge in this in this overall war yeah uh so then we move into the macguffin of all macguffins we finally get a holy grail quest and the thing is if you had told me before i read this like Oh, the whole series is going to culminate in a Holy Grail quest. I would have been like, "Oh, brother!" Yeah, yeah. Um, but man, they nailed it. Like, I, I, think I, I did, really yeah. loved it. Yeah, I think I think it works. I, probably because it was unexpected, 
and, and and when they do it, you're kind of like it, it, it's. There's an inevitability to it. It's the, the, like the, there's a there's, a, there's a about groan. all these stories without yeah. having a yeah. holy grail. Yeah, the, the, there's there's kind of a groan, but it's more like a realization of like, oh, oh of course, as opposed to like yes. as opposed to the like, oh, really? Yeah, you know? it wasn't yeah. like a, oh, that's so obvious. Yeah, they yeah. finally it, did that. Yeah, but but, but I, I like I like how they did that. The idea of like, well, it was a horn, and then. You know, well, right, then, it, right. But then, it, then through, through like games of telephone, eh, now, now it's a cup or a chalice, that kind of thing. You know, it's the same kind of shape with it's. Well, when Pullman gets it, end. it's in the wrong shape. He's like, oh, we gotta take this into the story it belongs in. Yeah, to get yeah, it back yeah, to yeah. the shape I need it to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To end the and, world. Yeah, yeah. But again, it, it's but it's, it's it it is the idea that that the object, the idea is present there, but because you know, again through various storytelling and through all the ages and all that yeah the, the story gets muddled something but the idea is still there and all these items are, are are connected and the idea of the holy grail is what's important here not the actual what we think of like capital h capital g holy grail you know right you know right. no yeah. it's the archetype yeah. of the of the yes grail, yeah 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 which yeah, it's not it's not Wilson indiana jones yeah anticipated and knew in some it's, way it, which is why yes. he had that in yes yeah, which, in which, the yeah. uh yeah yeah, which is why again the last book is the golden trumpet you know you 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 find that you you play that and that ends the that's that ends the world and that but also then what brings you back in terms of what he wrote in that 14th book which is as they talk about way back in the in the early volumes what the what the unwritten cabal was worried about was the idea that wait a minute this new 14th book has all of these you know messianic tommy as savior overtones you know so you know which obviously goes you know it ties back into the idea of 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 jesus christ and the holy grail and things like that the idea that he will come back from the dead and save the world well if, if you put that in people's mind if you put that out there into this fictional unconsciousness well then they're going to believe that and that's going to that's going to imbue tom slash tommy with even more power so yeah wilson understood these things that's why he put him in there so yeah which i think is why works. his holy grail is yes yeah, the Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, his, yeah. you know, yeah, his, like yes, yeah. Wilson's it's, Wilson's it's, is, in the story. In the story, right. he makes it a trumpet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, what it's a three issue thing. Is it called song sang something? I don't. I, I, don't I think it's called sang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's some of the coolest art in the series, and I know I keep saying that every time we do anything, but. Uh, like specifically, I love the page where Night Tom stabs the sword through uh, Night uh, Ambrosio. Ambrosia. Yeah. And the panel beneath you see that it's just him ramming a stick into him. Yeah, I, I flip right to it. Right. The one yeah, where I, it's it, it's it's the yep. it, it's the and, uh, and look at the girls in the background. You know, well, it's, it's well, like. Well, yeah, well, same, same facial expressions and everything. Well, it's, it, it's the page; it, it's replicated of the actions. But you, yeah, the the top panel is the I, I we'll call the in story artwork. You know the the mm -hmm. the the, yeah. the the hatched um, and kind of grayscale, and, and they can see, hear their speech coming out differently too. Yes, yes, yeah. They, um, they well, and and what I love is is that not everyone is quote unquote real in every panel. So sometimes, right. like Richie, will switch in and out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom as, is Tom is real Tom, but he's talking to in character Lizzie. You know, 
and 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 vice versa and all that and and i i do love that the way i love how clever that is and that sometimes you know sometimes that uh um you know a, a, as they start figuring it out and you see them like in one in one panel you see how the color kind of is half their body and then so half their speech is in the the in story period speech as it were and then the next word bubble from them is their regular speech and how it moves in and out. And I think that's, that's so, so clever. And it is, it is really cool. And I like that they, I like that that's something that they could deploy like at the end of the, at the end of the series, you know, something that, yeah. that they, they, they can throw in there and, and, and surprise you with, which I think is really, really cool. And I love that Richie's annoyed by it. And what it reminded yeah. me of was, it's been a while since I read it, but I'm pretty sure that is what happens uh, in Jason Aaron's Thor run when Jane gets the hammer. She speaks like Asgardian yes. English, well, and, yeah, yes, yes. And as soon as but, she puts the hammer down, she goes right back to well, well, yeah. So, so yeah, Jane, because you know she physically changes, she becomes Asgardian, and so you can still what what they do in in those Marvel comics is Asgardian English has a different font to it. So when she speaks right. aloud, it has that font. But any thought bubble she has, her thinking, she's still Jane. So that that font is different. So she's still like, wow, do I really sound like that? Or she's yeah. like, you know, quick, say something witty. And or, or, or you know, you know, it's so her inner monologue is Jane Foster. But when she speaks, she is Thor and she sounds like Thor and she sounds different, which is part of the idea of why no one knows it's Jane Foster because she's physically different. She sounds different. But yeah, it, it's that same kind of thing of of kind of the 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 person you are versus the person you're projecting to be. And the, the the way you can do that in comics, the way you can do that visually with again, whether it's whether it's the art style, whether it's the 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 word balloons, the font, all that stuff there. Um yeah, they're 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 all those tricks that you can do with uh with the medium. Yeah. Um very cool stuff. And then just in a classic carry move when Ambrosius defeated yeah. We get back a character that we thought was gone. Yeah. In volume two, volume three. I mean, uh, way back there. Well, well, so he, the warden. Yeah. I'm trying to think when he dies. Yeah. I, I guess that's volume two. Yeah. Cause volume two is, it's right before they go to Jutuis. Yeah. yeah. And then that, cause that's where he meets Richie. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, he is there. He takes over the, yeah, he takes over the 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 body of the 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 warden. Yeah, yeah. So he's been dead and out of story for a long time, you know. And again, the idea that you think he is only there because of his connection to Tommy Taylor, being that he is Tommy's right. nemesis. And then yeah, you bring him back too for for one last raw, basically to come back and just get owned again. Like he he's just he's just he's cannon fodder at this point. But they really do make a point to bring everybody back. You know, they 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 reference everything. Um, you know, it's in these two, in both these volumes here, they go out. I think they, they really kind of go out of the way to talk about that. You know, again, they, uh, you, you have the warden and you have, you have, um, Ambrosio back. I, I mentioned the, the Pullman's plan of, of creating a canker story, you know, which takes you back to Jid Suisse. Um, obviously in the end, we go back to Moby Dick and, and that moment where the, the way froze and then the the ship is basically vertical at that point, you know? So we're going back to that story. So they, they, they have found a way to pull bits and pieces of everything they've done and, and 
found a way to reference it back in, you know, in these last 12 issues. Um, again, I think just obviously showing that, Hey, in the end here, we're at the end of the story. We're bringing everything back. We're showing where everything ties, every story beat we did, everything we did beforehand is going to play a role um, in how the story is going to end. Yeah. And to me, that was one where like, we didn't need to see that guy back. No, but it was, but, nice. he, feel, but, but he feels a role right here. He basically, right. you know, he feels a role. Um, Tommy needs someone to kill right there as the knight, you know? And so you, you, you bring Ambrosia back. Cause again, it's not important that he's back, but yeah, it's like, Oh, right. There's this guy here. Um, uh, you know, a person that played a, a significant role early on. Cause again, it ties to, it ties to Tom, it ties to Tommy, it ties to Richie, who's a, who was a vampire because of him. Obviously the two kids, Kosi and Leon, that's their father, you know, and, and their love of the Tommy Taylor story. So it, it's a character that, that ties back to our characters now. And so you yeah, had to bring him back, you know, we, was it important? Could that just been anybody? Yeah, it could have been, but why not make it something that's, that's actually significant. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm scrolling through digitally here. Make sure we hit everything I want to hit. Um, it is interesting to me the way Roush is building her new world. Mm -hmm. She wants like a Noah's Ark, one of each type. Kind of, yeah. And then she rejoices when they like develop their own free will. Yeah, and choice. And I'm like. How do you envision this going any differently? Yeah. It's like if you're carbon copying each element from the existing world and you want free will, which is a strange thing from the puppet master. Yeah. Um you either uh, want control or you don't, right? Right. Yeah. Uh or she just wants to be the one on top of it all or the one maybe to have created it all. We don't really get into that motive, and it doesn't really matter. It, oh, uh, that is true. It doesn't. All, all that matters is she wants her children, the, the children that she carved. It, it's got you know, um, you know her her wooden children that have become, you know, real boys and girls thanks to Pullman and uh, and, and Tom. Uh, she she just wants them to repopulate the world. We don't really know why or what her motive is, other than yeah, maybe just just the knowledge that that she was the one on top at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know, but again, it isn't really important other than, you know, she needs the world to end. That's all she needs. She, for her, her plan to work, her plan to succeed, she needs the world to end. So that's what she's banking on. Yeah. And then we jump, uh, I almost made a crude transition. I will not, uh, Tom's moment of infidelity here. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, seems so ridiculous, but I was angry at all the other characters while reading it. I'm like, how can you guys all be so stupid? Yeah. Like, and not realize you're in a story, you're playing these archetypes. Yeah. Which then they like immediately, uh, you know, start saying about themselves. Yeah. And really, you know, Wilson is pretty angry with him too, but Wilson is the one still walking him across the bridge, mm-hmm. you know, to get to get where they're going because he's so quest minded. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like, okay, well maybe my son isn't the guy I thought he was. I don't care. We're still doing this. Yeah. We, we, we still have to, because we're in a story. So, so that splash page for saying part three mm -hmm. with the two of them sitting at the bridge and like the little waves of Of color, uh, of color coming in and out. 
Yes, very, very just, cool. Just another masterpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then we finally, uh, by now, uh, I have to say I was proud of myself. When he enters this room, before I flipped a page, I was like, surely this is Daniel's moment. Like I have, I've did, may, I may have forgotten about him before I picked up volume 10. I've not forgotten about him since then. That being said, I read volumes 10 and 11 in 48 hours reading that monthly. That's probably about a year apart uh, between, you know, the prelude to issue two and his moment of actually stabbing Tom in like issue 10, 11. Uh, yeah, probably pretty close to it. Yeah, because because it would be. So it's like it's just long enough for you to three, forget about him again if you're reading monthly. Five. Yeah, or you'd be be almost. Yeah, it'll be you know because it's all of the unwritten, so that's five issues plus three months off plus two or three plus longer than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five, five, three, six. What is that? Fourteen. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah, sixteen yeah. months. Yeah, almost a year and a half before. Before, um, well, before before Daniel actually does the thing, you know, we we, right, we see it. right. So no, but it's, it's, it's about a year. Before, is in it's about a year before March, he shows up again. Right. Yeah. In March yeah. 2013 or whatever. Yeah. They said, "Hey, this guy you forgot about. He's got yeah. a really special purpose." Yeah. And, then and then another year, six months later. Yeah. No, about six months later, six seven months later, he actually does the thing. Yeah. Right. Um, which is a tragic story for Daniel. Luckily, we don't care about him enough to really lament that. Mm-hmm. But he did a thing he didn't want to do because he believed it was the right thing to do. He was mm-hmm. convinced it was the right thing to do. Um, It probably was the right thing to do, but he dies immediately. Yeah. As a yeah, result. Yeah. It, 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 in the end, he is just another pawn. I mean, that's right. what it comes down like, to. He didn't need a name, basically. No, no, uh, and no, you no. certainly didn't need the love story between him and the detective. Well, because she she's like one of the only characters that doesn't come back, right? You know, um, in, in in this final scene. Yeah, I noticed that, and uh, I mean, I say that. I'm sure someone else listening could think of other characters that never came back, um, but I'm like, you know, for all the characters we have, there still aren't that many characters. Um, I did think that perhaps we would get like one more tinker, uh, pass by because yeah, I think uh, yeah. Polly left him beat up and without his tool belt, but he didn't yeah. kill him. No, no. Yeah. He, he's, he was still wandering out there right before, uh, kind of the, you know, the, the, the storm of nothingness came that kind of erased everything. He was kind of left out there on his own. Yeah. You know, I guess what the, I would have was... loved is an issue one of apocalypse when Tommy, Thomas floating through all these stories. If he had fallen into one of those stories, if he'd fallen into a tinker story, for that'd just, be fun. For yeah. Just, well, yeah, one panel, yeah. one page, whatever. Yeah. The, um, the, the tinker, yeah, Milton is probably the other, or the character who had but significant. Miriam comes back in issue nine. Exactly. You know, for yeah, a flashback. Exactly. Yeah, but, but she, and the but ghost. She, yeah, yeah, as a ghost, she's there. Um, so yeah, the, the, Milton's probably the other character who had significant page time that doesn't come back. Um, the other one maybe could have been any cabal um, member. Well, not, uh, those were all nameless, faceless people. Um, maybe his mother, Sue, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but th- that's about it, you know. But in terms of people who had actual relevancy, like serious relevancy to the plot, um, 
you know, Dejan and, and Milton are probably the two that that don't make an appearance in the end here. So I, I don't think the story's worse for it. But again, when you bring back when you bring back Ambrosio just to kill him so we can rematerialize as Kosi and Leon's father, you know, it's like right. we're, we're we're wrapping it up. That wasn't important because he was dead and they thought he was dead. And well, hell, they were dead too. So, you know, it's a, it's like, do we really need that for them? I guess so. Because uh, when you get to the end end, and Tommy doesn't exist, you know, the kids are still alive and he's still alive, you know? So at the end, it's kind of like no harm, no foul. So why did he have to come back in, in the, in this version pre Tom sacrifice, you know? And, you know, there was no need to give that any resolution because they get resolution at the end. Once Tommy has made a sacrifice. So yeah, they, 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 they could have used, I'm sure they could have, they could have found a way to squeeze them in a little bit here and there. Yeah, and then very classically, you know, you get to this uh, high point in the story mm-hmm. where Holy Grail's there. You know, Wilson gets his uh, his pen and his ink. Yeah, and he's he, he's going to write the end. This is it. And then you switch to issue yeah. nine, flashback, uh, which yep. is the best one. I um, th- th- this is the best of the apocalypse run. I I, I no oh, question and about I, that. To me, this is a top three issue in the series. Uh, I I I'd have to really think about that. Uh, I I I, but I'm not going to dispute that right now because I think because you get so much in this issue, not just in terms of like actual story, plot, and character, but also just the 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 setting, the um, just the the idea and the themes around the uh, of the issue. You know, the fact that it's called the issue is called Inklings. Um, and you you get Tolkien and Lewis and all of that, and 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 everything set in there. That's the backdrop for kind of the true history of of Wilson, of Pullman, and and of Roush. You get all that, and it all blends so perfectly into one issue. Yeah. Um, well, that and I I think just last episode, I was quoting some essay from C.S. Lewis getting into Bulverism. Yes. Uh, and as soon as I flipped open this issue, I recognized that face. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that he was smoking, a, you know, sitting across from somebody with a Gandalfish pipe, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's Tolkien. Um, and then, you know, I love that Wilson's rationale for being there is that those men were turning like myths into. Yes. Yeah. Into popular like uh, I, I forget uh, like f- folklore or fiction or whatever, but uh, the idea that those men gave him the idea of like, let's just grab everything, appropriate it, maximize and consolidate power from all great stories ever told. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, so yeah. Yeah. And so I'll- like both Lord of the Rings and Narnia are really the birthplace of, of Tommy Taylor because yeah. I mean, Lewis well, was like a, a a master of medieval literature mm-hmm. and I like he didn't really invent anything. He just kind of put it all in a blender. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well and, and and you know, even in uh it's in the um it's in the opening parts of it's in the 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 backstory parts of Tommy Taylor and the Shit in the Shank twice in like Wilson's journals where he's talking about how foundational what Wilson is writing about how foundational Tolkien was about these base elements, the the enchanted artifact, the hero quest, the the evil, the, like the one evil being, you know, all these things. 
um, that are just found that we that we just assume are just story tropes now. You know, yeah. Do, do you credit Tolkien with the first person that did this? No, there's stories with us all all the time. But I think the, the the line they have in 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 the issue is the idea that those men in that room that they were they were creating the modern myth stories and that that was going to be the basis. And so Wilson understood that. So he was, he was kind of there to gently guide them and, and, and get them to get these stories out there because he understood what that power was. Um, and that was kind of the basis for him formulating his plan to eventually create what he did with Tom and Tommy, you know? So it was, it was kind of going back to this nexus point of, 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 of storytelling, of myth making, in 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 popular culture, that 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 begin to that would begin to to permeate out and start affecting the world in the way that that Wilson knows it can, you know, because he understands what the power of these stories are, the power of of belief in stories and, and what they can do and how they can shape the world. So yeah, him him having kind of a kind of driving from the back seat of of these of these guys giving them a space to create their stories because he knows how they'll be used and how they can be used um even by himself down the line. Yeah. Well that and he knows he's going to live longer so. Well yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 he knows that he's going to see the fruits of their labor so he's going to push them to write their stories to to get that creativity to to tell the tell their myths the way that they're going to because he's he's going to be able to reap those benefits. Uh, and harness that power that they start to tap into that like th- they're kind of like the first domino to fall in his big plan you get these guys to to lace the public with these stories and these ideas these foundational ideas that that'll become the things that he builds on you know so well how i you know i guess this takes place when it was written in, in 2013 so and you know 70 some odd years later he's going to build on these tell his story to to wield his ultimate power which was tom tom yeah. whatever yeah uh just an incredibly well done issue and we already talked about the whole roush of it all yeah 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 uh, which we, i did we, not see coming i thought it was going to be another convoluted conversation between pullman and wilson where they mm-hmm. keep hinting at stuff and no revelation yeah, yeah. Uh, this is all the revelation you could yes. have ever wanted. This is yeah, yeah. characters straight up explaining their motivations. You yeah. finally learn. We knew by now, but you really get it in concise fashion. Here are the sides of this story. Yes, yes, yes. He, he, here's what everybody wants. Uh, you know, the, we're not well, we're not what we've been at doing it. for yeah, yeah. years now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, 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 this is basically declarative statements of because that was like. It, it is a little ham-fisted of Roush being like, okay, before we do this, I'm going to force each one of you to say, what is it you actually want? And then there, there is that really great page of Wilson. It's that full page splash of him kind of laying out his, this is what I want. Um, uh, it was very similar to when Pullman was holding a gun to the cabal guy's head saying like, yeah, you know, what are the rules of, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. how this works. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what I love about that is, you know, we, we get this full splash page with all these, uh, you know, the 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 background, our our uh, images are are you know you you see Aslan and Narnia, you see Gollum and all so all these other stories, and, and you see a bit of of Tommy Taylor down there, and he is this big long kind of thesis statement. This is what I want. This is what I am. Blah 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 blah. And they get to Pullman, and Pullman's like, you know. I don't need to tell you what I want. And then 
Ross is just like, please indulge me. <laughs> He's just like, I want to die. That's it. Yep. You know, like, so we get his motivation. And to kill the that. Leviathan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, because he, he understands that's the way to do it. He, right. he can't die any other way. So, but yeah. But so, also he hates the Leviathan. He, he, he does. He, he blames him for his condition of living forever. So he understands the only way for him to die is if Leviathan dies as well, because as long as Leviathan's out there, he's not going to let me die. So you have Wilson who has this big, grand, epic, this is what I want to do. This is, this is, it's a, it's a long-term plan. All these things I need to seed and get done so I can create my ultimate weapon against the unwritten Kimball. And Poma is just like, dude, I want to die. That's it. Like, yeah. I want to die, you know? And if I got to take everything down with me, so be it. So. Yeah. I mean, if I live that long, I, I think I get him. Uh, yeah. but, uh, well, it's, it's also, it's not just living that long. It's living that long with the understanding that you are the villain in everybody's story, because that's what the story is. The right. story is that yeah, you're you the bad guy. You can't grow. You can't evolve out of that. Yeah. You can't yeah, because, act differently. Yeah, because you are who everyone believes you are because you are the first story and everyone knows your story. Whether it's the actual story or not, it doesn't matter. In the story, everybody knows Kane's the bad guy. And so he lives with that for eternity. That's all he has. And he can never change it. Yeah. Um, then we advance to the two of them uh, looking a little older, especially Wilson, each holding their Holy Grail in. Now, these aren't. Uh, I'm wondering how you categorize these in the the 11th issue. I would call them splash pages. Uh, and there are multiple of them, but they're mirrors of each yeah, other. Yeah, it's yeah, showing. No. Yeah. Here's what each one is doing with their Holy Grail. It's Wilson holding his feather. Yeah. Uh, Pullman holding his trumpet. Yeah. Uh you know, the people around Wilson are egging him on to do a good thing. The people around Pullman are like docile and submissive. And you yeah. see the difference between these two yeah. men. Well, and I, I, I they're not, I, yeah, they're not splashes because you, you're not supposed to read them across the break there, but it, it is the idea that it, it's a way to show that these things are presumably happening simultaneously. Cause yeah, the paneling is the same. Um, uh, uh, the character poses are the same in terms of you know right. uh, uh, what you're seeing. Uh, what's yeah, being- she's in the same position as Tom with her head yeah. down. Yeah, but the, the action is there. Well, so yeah, it, so I mean, to me, I like even down the sorry in, I, in the middle there. Those three panels in the middle. Um, it is each one of them using the implement. It's a close right. up of That's Wilson what I'm writing. Is, yeah, uh, so I'm reading it like top top, middle 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 bottom yeah. bottom. Well, and, and and I don't know if you. You don't have to read it that way. No, um, I don't think I don't you have that, to. I th- just it, think it's really beautiful. It can go either way. And the same thing for the on, on the next page as well. Right. Um, the paneling is also very similar. Um, and 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 it's it's all it, it's meant to be mirrored. And I, I think it's meant to it's a way to replicate. To, sorry, it's a way to illustrate that these things are happening at the same time. Um, that that each one of them, each side of of this war is is um, kind of coming to terms with what they have. And try to figure out what their next move is. And you see Wilson's is probably starting to work. And and you see the frustration in Pullman as his his plan is not working. Yeah. Uh then you see Polly realize what's going on. Yeah. He ducks out to help them, which they uh, you know, understandably find a little ridiculous. Yes. Uh from a guy who just tried to kill Wilson, like yeah. one issue ago, two issues well, ago. Well, and the, the, the guy who who who's like main character. 
um, motivation is self-serving and will stab you in the back at any chance because that's yes. what he's done every single time we've seen him. So yeah, it, it's hard for them to see that maybe he is uh maybe he has changed and reformed in some way. Uh, then you know the whole thing heads to where it always had to head. You know, there's no way you open issue one at the Tommy Taylor convention with Tom Taylor there. And you don't end the series with Tom Taylor in the Tommy Taylor world. Yes. Yes. Going into the trapped in a bubble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Tommy put him in Mm -hmm. Um, uh, this oversized finale issue, which by the way, took an extra month to come out. It did. It did. Um, There there was a one month gap there for the end, which makes sense there. You know, there's a lot to do. Oh yeah. And it's a masterful issue. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just, I I can't believe how many times I've said this throughout this series, especially when you look back at how frustrated I was in the yeah, first two early, volumes. Early on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but this is a perfect comic issue. Uh, and one of one of three or four in this series. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I I go back to uh, 17 a lot of course, yeah, in my head. Of course. Just, yeah, I mean just uh, you know, anytime anytime you're pushing the medium like that. I think nine was, you know, relative to this series, a perfect issue. And then this one was just the perfect culmination of everything. Uh, you get, you know, a little fake out, you get a real ending, you get a happy ending, you get still just an ounce of mystery enough for the reader to have some imagination still. Cause that's mm-hmm. the thing. If you put a bow on everything, you're now taking away from the reader. You're taking away my ability to live yeah. in the story and imagine and think yeah. about it at all. Yeah. Um, it's over. You, you, what you are saying as a creator, you're saying that this story is now over as opposed to your story being finished. Yeah. If, if everything wraps up in a bow, then there's no reason to come back to the world. There's no reason to come back and, and revisit it and think about it some more. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I would say, the character I feel saddest for is Lizzie, frankly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just kind of the ultimate pawn. You know, she showed herself to be a strong character time and again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that but, was always her. Well, that was always her dilemma, right? Am I doing this because, uh, uh, because I was conditioned to by by Wilson, or am I doing it because I want to? It's that it's that free will and destiny thing. Am, am I programmed to do this? And I think in the end, she comes to the idea of, no, wait, I'm here because I choose to be here. I'm doing this because I love Tommy, not because I'm conditioned to, because I actually do. I actually care. This is where I want to be. Um, but yeah, she. if anyone gets the short end of the stick at the end, um, you, you would guess it'd be her. You know, she, she's left at the end to yeah. be the one that recruits Daniel to whatever whatever thing they're going to be doing now, which I'm, I'm assuming isn't the, isn't the grid that the unwritten cabal runs, but it, it's the well, same, you but know, it, though, it, it, it mirrors the same, it mirrors the same. I uh, was going to say, if this came back for a 10 years later series, I would think it would be very interesting. Wilson tries to go get Tommy. He fails and she sets herself against Wilson and she kind of becomes the new Roush and right. Wilson has to decide like, you know, what am I going to do? I created it, it, this it, villain. Interesting. Well, in 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 my head, um, for Lizzie, 
Because again, th- that recruitment scene at the coffee shop and all that stuff again that that exactly mirrors how Daniel was recruited uh, uh, when we saw his his initial introduction uh, issue. I- in my mind, um, Lizzie is recruiting people to go find Tom. In the same way that, in the same way that that Wilson is, of course, Wilson's is to open up the basement and walk down the endless stairs and just descend into it. I think, I think Lizzie. The, the way I read it is that she is putting people together to create something similar to the grid like that, but in the idea of she is trying to find Tom or find a way to find Tom. Because again, yeah. the the cabal doesn't exist, so that that need for that specific need of that grid, the way it was used before, in which Daniel's previous life was was used at, um, doesn't exist. So that's the way I read it, and the, the way I, I I would choose to read it in, in, in my head canon that she's what she's trying to do there. Because yeah, otherwise she she gets the short end of really the stick there, you know, of, of everything. Because Richie is still, uh, you know, a, a, a best selling author, Pulitzer Prize winning author. He still writes a book from inside prison, you know. It's still called Inside Man. Right. Just that I guess it doesn't feature. But his book, The Tom Unwritten, Taylor. no longer exists. Now yes. Wilson Taylor has an unpublished book called The Unwritten. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. Cabal, we now know uh, uh, multiple yeah. people refer to it as the Unwritten Cabal. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of fun that that's now taken on multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Um, it is. I also, I did. And it's whatever like... the fan base decides the Unwritten is, is what it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, you know, Richie also, he still gets to be with Miriam. I don't know if he's still a, I don't know if he's still a, a vampire at that that's point. That's what I was going to ask. It's uncertain. It's um, uncertain. You know, Paulie gets to go back to, uh, Paulie gets to go back to, uh, to the Willowbank Tales. Um, you know, there is, uh, I, one thing I really did like was, you know, right at the end there, we get this like four panels of, you know, we see Sue. We do see her again. She's like in the South of France or whatever. We see the cultists are still cultists. They just have, a different cause behind, you know, Frankenstein's monsters monster, there. Yeah. And, but th- that first one there, when we see Kosi and Leon again, they're still obsessed with withered stories, but very explicitly doing spells from Harry Potter. Right. Um, without actually saying it. So, you know, in this world, um, you know, again, Harry Potter exists in the, in the, in the world of, of Tommy Taylor, but it outstrips Harry Potter. In, in their world, but, but now since it doesn't exist, but Harry Potter still exists, that these children would now become obsessed with that. So it's like, um, it's been reset to, I guess, what our world is, where Tommy Taylor doesn't exist, and and little kids like Kosi and Leon would would be obsessed with with Harry and not Tommy. You know? Yeah, basically, yeah. he wrote an origin story for the world we live in. Yes, effect- effectively, yes. Yeah. Um, where only he knows the truth. You know, quote unquote. Right. And, but again, uh, but again, in yeah. my mind, I think Lizzie does too. So it's 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 interesting to me because I don't. It was not clear to me whether Richie has any memory of Tom or not. Exactly, and same but, for Lizzie. But even though she said, know. "I'm not going to forget you." Yeah, and but. also, and 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 if 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 Richie doesn't have any memory of that, how is he still basically seeing a ghost girlfriend? You know, right? Yeah, yeah like, you would how think is that, that would freak him out. Yeah, so how is that, that still does possible? feel like the spinning top in Inception. It is, I, yes. where it's well, yeah. And I, 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 I think it's clearly meant to be ambiguous there. But again, so the way I read it is that they do, um, 
and maybe you know they're going about it kind of their, their own ways there that that the core of them remember tom and, and are, are going to find out and if there is a next story it would be the search for tom and that would be a new set of stories that have nothing to do with what we've done now because you know that story is over yeah i it could be like the search for spock where yeah yeah it turns out tom has created a whole new planet <laughs> and uh no i mean i i did find myself wondering like why don't you just write the story of what happened well i guess that's what he tried he tried writing well yeah unwritten well, it, that, it was the that, tom biography including all the tommy stuff yeah no one would want to read it yeah, his publisher was like right because he was like, trying to write tom back into existence what is this like super like it's a book that has the meta it has the two parts in it you know, like he's he's trying to write both them together, and and he's like, wait, that this doesn't make it like no one's going to want to read this. You know, yeah, it's what it's what is his publisher says, his editor, which says, feels right? like a uh, a positive shout out to Vertigo for publishing <laughs> yeah. this book. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. who would publish this crazy dual meta story? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no publisher in their right mind would. Thanks, yeah, Vertigo. Let it, let it run for for what five six, uh, five years or whatever it is. So. Yeah, no, it, it, it's 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 really great, you know, and it's uh, I said I I I like how it ends. I like that ending. I think the ending is really really good. Like, and even though I don't think exactly how they got there, especially through what the setup was in in volume ten, again, not my favorite. But w- once you get to the absolute end and see how it's wrapped up, you know, you know, where, I, I left off, I I do love it. I do yeah, love it. I forgive end. first act like hiccups, boredoms or cliches or whatever if the payoff is worth it. I I I, I, I know it. I know I normally do too and this is one case where I, I definitely agree cuz cuz I the end note I think is perfect, you know, th- those kind of montage pages there where you see everybody and what the world is. I really like that. I think it's so fitting uh for the story. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I I I it, if if that is good, that's an ends justify the means kind of thing uh for me most of the time. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got no more to say on this unless uh, unless we surprise our listeners and me uh, with uh, some kind of creator interview in the future. Who knows? In which case, I would gladly sit down and reread this series in a very short period of time. Yeah. Well, again, I think as we mentioned, every subsequent reread goes faster because you understand the mechanics, you understand the world, you don't have to focus on those things and you can you can focus on character and you can focus on on like environment and situation and and you can kind of breeze through and and know oh right we're in this part of the story and if and then if you want to really drill down like when you get to issue 17 and you want to follow every single one of the possibilities and and and, and read every single outcome of the choose your own adventure you can you can sit and do that and know that you, you already know what's supposed to happen you know where you're supposed to end up you know where you're going to end up but if you you really want to take the time and delve into every single one of the paths, follow all the options to the end, and see where, where it leads you, um, you, you you can you can do that, and and all that is added to your to your reading experience now because you already have that you have that base layer of I know what's going on now. You have that base right. of knowledge already. All right. Well, do you have any more thoughts on the unwritten? Uh. No, I, I I don't. Um, um. Other than I'm, 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 I'm really glad we did this one because again, I, I knew, based on conversations that you and I had, and and knowing the kind of books you like and the stories you like and your fandoms, I knew you. I knew this was someone that would that would that would that would play to you, and and it was, 
it was hard in those early episodes, especially the, the 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 first episode covering those first two books, hearing your frustration and understanding where it comes from. Because right. again, knowing knowing how you consume stories as well, uh, and, and hearing that and having to sit on it, being like, "Listen, I, I, I you're going to get there eventually." But just kind of hearing you kind of vent those frustrations and knowing they were valid at the time, and also knowing that you were going to come around because I, 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 I just I knew you were. I suspected I would come around too. Yeah, I and thought you, you, since you, it is a book club style you said podcast, so though you said so much at the time. Yeah, right. I, I thought it might be cathartic for other people. Yeah. who had picked up one and two listen to the podcast like are these guys going to clue me in as to what's going on yeah. or are we really going to do this no spoiler thing and it was like no we're really going to do the no spoiler thing yeah yeah and um but i, yeah. I think it, 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 that it, it being was said, helpful there i have to be i have to say i'm really impressed by the people who read this in single issue as it came out oh it's same yeah because um, i sure i sure didn't yeah impressive uh you know Pull at the time, impressive fan base sticking with it. Uh, and I'm impressed by anyone who picks up volume one and says, oh, that's a four or five star book immediately. Yeah. It's like, man, you are you were seeing a lot more promise there than I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, my, yeah. my first and second time through it. Yeah. Um, but I suspect now if I went and reread volume one tonight, it would make it, it would land a lot harder. Yes. Oh it would, my it would gosh. Yeah. Make much more sense. You you would see so much more. Again, things you're not supposed to see because you don't know you're supposed to look for them. Right. Um, but yeah, if, if you went and reread it r- right now and started back again, A, you'd go through it a lot faster. And I think you would get so much more, more enjoyment out of it because you would see the things they planted. Because this is really, this is really a, a um, I, I think a great, a great kind of a, a um, Test case or a, a, a case study is what I want to say. A case study in long form comic storytelling. Because I don't think, and you know, maybe possible we're giving Karen Gross a little too much credit here, but like they seed so much stuff early that really feels like it could have only gone one way, and that was the way that they ended it. You know, versus right, versus, and whether they planned all of that on yeah. you know with the red yarn across the room and all yeah. this other stuff yeah. or whether they did it as they went. It's impressive either way. It, it is. Yeah. Because, because it feels like w- when you see the resolution they get to for, for all of their, all the threads they put that they put out there, it feels like that was the only possible way they could have done it based on what they see beforehand. So yeah, whether or not they had it all planned out, which I get a highly doubt because that's really difficult, but you know, you know, often what you want to do with, with this kind of storytelling is you want to leave yourself options, right? You want to put stuff out there that so you can go back to it and leave yourself enough outs, leave it kind of ambiguous enough at the beginning so you can go any way the story takes you. But a lot of times you can see that. You can feel that, oh, well, this thing they set out there, someone, they, they put this in there, put a character in there, and that could, that could mean anything. And then when it comes back to it later on, you're like, well, Really, was that the best choice for that for that random Easter egg? You know, you can kind of right. see. Well, well, they felt they had to go back to that, so they're going to use this now. And now they're going to now it's an obvious retcon. Versus, I think uh, so many things in this story, they don't feel like they've retconned anything because it feels like that was oh, that was the only outcome for what they seeded back three, four, five uh, story arcs ago. You know, that's how that's how cleanly it all kind of meshed together. And and I think it's 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 it that's what I think for me kind of puts this puts this series on like a different level and that you don't feel like 
they whenever they pulled something from early on in the run, you didn't feel like it was just to because they knew they left it hanging out there and they had to bring it back. Whenever they did that, it felt like it had a purpose and it had a reason. Um, and, and those little bits and bobs early on all added up to something that was worthwhile to the story in the end. You know, they all brought it back and it all mattered. It all made sense. Yeah. And and I think it's both admiring great storytelling while imitating it at the same time. You know, I think mm-hmm. uh, most of the great literary masterpieces that are referenced throughout the series are writers that write with great economy and efficiency and they don't introduce unnecessary things and they're not wasteful aside from the the massive exception being Moby Dick, you know, there are yeah. large chapters in there about how to use uh whale blubber for. Yeah. 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 Um, but whatever. well, you know, even, even, you know, some of Dickens' stuff as well is that way too, you know, um, because he was getting paid by the word at the time for, for those chapters right. as they were being published because yeah, they, they so were not periodicals. without a purpose. Yeah. 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 So, but no, I, I think that it, it, it shows, uh, you know, it's it, it's one of the more because of its nature. It's one of the more, you know, uh, literary comics out there. You know that the the more you've read, uh, I think the more enjoyment you will get out of it. You know, because yeah, I mean, you, it's you, one of those, those more things. you don't have to. in your face literary ones. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, yeah. many comic writers are steeped in literature. Yes, and yeah. it you know oozes through their work. Yeah. This one was like it's referencing it specifically. This one's yeah. like we're doing a book club. Like, yeah, we're, yeah, 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 we're like yeah. this was made for a book club style yeah, discussion yeah. of well, they're, people they're, who they're, read. Yeah. They're naming uh, authors, they're naming works, they're they're referencing those specifically because those are important to the story that they're telling. So yeah, that that the 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 more you've read, the more you know. Again, you don't do you have to have read Tolkien or or know Lord of the Rings? I don't think you do. You have to have read the works of C.S. Lewis or or be familiar with least with Narnia. It helps, you know. It would you, help if you were familiar with yeah. Harry Potter. It, it, it would it would or, it would. or like comic-con fandom and cosplaying yeah, yeah. Again, and all the, that the, stuff, those but. help but but i think people it, it it's eluded enough to where you're just aware of it and again like do you have to have read moby dick no but if you ask someone what moby dick's about you're like well it's like a guy chasing a whale and that's kind of what you really need to know you know like it, it, as long as you have that understanding you know do you have to know exactly what lord of the rings is about no but you know it's about a ring and a dark Lord and a quest, like people know those things. And I think that's what they're tapping into. And that's the kind of thing that Wilson was talking about are that these fundamental archetypes, these ideas that permeate through that, even if you don't know the story, you know, the story, you know, that they're so pervasive that you can tap into that, that everyone knows it, whether they know it or not. And I think that's, that's something that they rely on that yet if you know if you have read these stories and read these books you'll get a lot out of it but you don't have to have because the assumption is that you know enough that these stories have permeated enough that just having an idea of their existence is enough to to feed what you need to know to understand what's happening in the comic yeah yep all right well that does it for another season of the story darks podcast uh, at this point, we don't even know what the next season will be, but you will know next week. And if you want to find out uh, very quickly, hop on Twitter at Storied Arcs and follow us, and we will keep you tuned for what is coming. Also, occasional callbacks to what we've done in the past. Um, 
Man, I was gonna say Facebook store dark. Still, still don't even like. Yeah, we got a group, but Tw- uh, Twitter, Instagram at story arcs. Best Twitter, place to Instagram, follow. Yeah, storyarcs.com yep. stays current. Uh, and yeah, wherever you find us on the podcast app. Uh, if you're looking for a birthday gift, Christmas gift, you know, Hanukkah gift, whatever, buy somebody a big stack of the unwritten and share this podcast with them. Just write storyarcs.com on the inside cover and put it in a, a white elephant or a secret Santa. And uh, do somebody a favor, because this is a great way to spend uh, a lot of hours of reading. Um, So anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And as always, we will see you next week. Peace.